You're listening to Bell, Book, and Candle with Mela Borowski. Thoughts from a Southern Witch. Should have studied witchcraft. Should have learned to ride a broom. So me and my black cat could fly through the skies underneath the moon. I'm Mella, the witchy Southern Belle and Bell Book and Candle. We've been doing some special Samhain episodes, and I'm thrilled to have DC O'Rourke with us again. DC is an acclaimed ghost storyteller who's been chasing after ghosts his entire life. When he isn't telling stories, he's researching and investigating the paranormal. He's also the host of Hauntingly Yours, a podcast for the paranormal, where he tells haunting tales from across the world. And I'm looking forward for him to tell us some haunting tales. Thanks for joining us again, DC. My pleasure, Mella. Absolutely my pleasure. So Samhain is approaching and the mm-hmm. veil grows thin. Do you have any special plans for October 31st? Uh, I will more than likely be on the streets in Williamsburg, Virginia, leading a ghost tour. Amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it's always a it's always a fun time. We um, back in June actually launched um, my tour company. We launched a extreme ghost hunting tour, uh, which nobody else does um, in the city. And that, of course, was created by yours truly, being wow. the only paranormal investigator on the rosters up until that point. And um, basically, we can we spend three hours walking around the historic area of Williamsburg, visiting some of the most notoriously haunted sites there, and then um, we conduct many paranormal investigations. So it's a lot of fun. I'm so sad because the museum where I do ghost tours is yet again not doing them this year. Oh, no. That's awful. I'm sorry to hear that. Because of the pandemic. So this is the second year now that I have Mm -hmm. not been doing the tours there. So that just means that I get to go online and tell all my stories online again. (laughs) Hey, there you go. I was sorry. I was reflecting on, um, who is it? Bubba? That you... Yeah, Bubba. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully he's doing well. (laughs) I think he is because I just got rehired. I'm a volunteer there, but I'm also a staff member. I train all the docents and volunteers. Well, I I did until last summer when all part-time people got laid off because of COVID. So I just have been back a couple weeks. They rehired me to the same job. And so I went up there and was talking with Bubba and it was there was nobody there it was the day the museum was closed and yeah I could feel it going on there so I think he's doing quite well fantastic well that's good Mm -hmm. yeah do you notice that paranormal activity does get more active around this time of year oh yes for sure uh I've actually picked up on that what was it um well of course i've been well aware of it but i noticed this year it seemed like it started probably a few weeks ago yeah um i just it and ever since there's just been a gradual increase as we get closer and closer um to the veil you know coming down yeah it's it's been really interesting i've been meeting a a colorful cast of characters uh yeah yeah That's amazing. And I've noticed that too. And I have my house pretty locked down, but because of some circumstances, 
the house hasn't been as locked down because I have so many people that are just kind of coming in and out right now. Mm-hmm. And so I have a ghost named Maggie who keeps popping in to check out the cats. She came here from an apartment that my future daughter-in-law used to live in and she loves cats and I have helped her cross into the light and then she showed up the next day. I said, we can stay till 10 o'clock. <laughs> she, <laughs> she just keeps coming and she messes with the clocks on the wall and things oh, like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that normally doesn't happen around my house. <laughs> yeah, I I actually just went through something very similar myself. I picked myself up uh, an, an attachment, um, mm-hmm. an older woman, uh, said her name was Abigail, mm-hmm. and she became very possessive of me and wouldn't allow me to talk to other spirits um, when I went on investigations and when I would do tours um, in Williamsburg she would follow me and not let anybody else talk to me either um, wow. it was it was always her running the show yeah. what <laughs> yeah. did you do oh gosh um, at first I was kind of like okay you know let me find out what her intentions are and maybe you know I can allow it, you know, to yeah. give me a chance to kind of study what it's like on the other side. You know, it's there, it's just how I think. Yeah. But then there was a part of me that was like, no, you should probably get her to go. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's 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 not good for her, you know. Find yeah. out find out what whatever has brought her back, and then see if you can help her move on. And I attempted that um, through a number of different EVP sessions. And, you know, she told me that she was trying to protect me. She was looking out for me, that I reminded her of a man from her past. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm flattered. Then I got an EVP with her telling me that she loved me. And I said, I said, no, all right, this this is too much. Um, (laughs) Ghost romance. (laughs) (laughs) Very ghost and Mrs. Muir, you know. (laughs) And I said, oh boy. So I contacted some friends and I told them what was going on. And they were like, oh gosh, okay. So they did a remote viewing and looked in on me and they were like, she's not budging. If you want her to go, you have to tell her. And I said, okay. So right where I stood, I said... Abigail, I need you to go. I, I don't want you here anymore. And I actually heard her voice in my head say, no, don't make me, please don't, no. And I said, no. I said, I need you to go. This isn't good for me and this isn't good for you. And I burst into tears like uh, uh, uncontrollably. And I could tell that it wasn't my emotion, that it was yeah. hers. I kid you not, she left. I mean, it was, yeah. it was that simple. Yeah. She has popped up. On a couple of tours, I I did finally pinpoint that she's from Williamsburg, where where I go to work. Mm. And I I found out what house that she actually resides at. And she does come out to tell my guests that she's mad at me. And then (laughs) she goes back in. I mean, it's that simple. Yeah. You might have to get a restraining order. I know. I know. And we actually had a a psychic medium on my tour one night. And she said, Denny, your girlfriend's here. And 
I said, what are you talking about? She's at home. No, 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 no. You're um, your spiritual girlfriend. And I said, oh. oh. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's funny, but it's not funny because, I mean, you don't want someone kind and after you whether they're dead or alive right <laughs> yeah yeah and i mean i was actually warned by my friends who kind of helped me get rid of her they said don't even think about her mm. you know because if you think about her that might open up the door for her to come back yeah yeah wow so i really just want to open up the mic and whatever stories you have prepared whatever stories uh, you feel led to tell us i mean you you have the floor <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Oh, I mean, I have, I really need to start recording stories because after a while, I don't know how I will end up keeping them all straight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I smell a book in the works, but one day, one day, I'll actually share a, a very recent story. Um, I was conducting a tour in Williamsburg and we were at the tail end of the tour and my um, my last stop of this tour is a site that we call the Public Jail, um, an original uh, 18th century building built in 1704. It was actually used up until about 1780. And we know that felons would have been kept there who are awaiting trial that would have taken place four times a year. So they were there usually probably anywhere from six months to maybe a year sometimes, um, depending on how long, you know, it was taken to get them into court and, of course, get an actual sentencing. And um, this night we were here, uh, it had been pretty active for the most part. And I, there was this kid, uh, he was probably maybe 18, 19 years old at most. And the whole tour he had been going man, the ghosts don't like me. They don't want to talk to me. What am I doing wrong? <laughs> and everybody was giggling, like, okay, well, you, you had the wrong attitude, you know? You're you're trying to force this too much. Yeah. Uh, and he was like, oh. And, you know, and I laughed and I said, hey, man, just lighten up. And finally <laughs> he decided to lighten up at the public jail. And we gave him um, gave him a number of different tools. He was more drawn to the, the spirit box. And he said, uh, Spirits, is there anybody here at the jail, or any, anybody here at the jail that would like to talk to one of us? And all of a sudden you heard over the spirit box, Mark. Mm. And everybody started looking around. And I, I kid you not, the guy standing literally right beside him said, I'm Mark. And... The kid looked at Mark, Mark looked at him, and I said, all right, quit hesitating. Somebody asked for Mark. Give him the spirit box. <laughs> and wow. Mark took the spirit box, and he looked down at it just completely confused, and he said, <laughs> who do I have the pleasure of speaking with? <laughs> he didn't know what else to say. And <laughs> um, we heard, son, it's dad. And he went, what? And he, son, it's dad. And he said, no, 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 no. My dad died when I was 10. There's no way this could be my dad. And he started crying. And I could tell he was getting very emotional about it. So I walked over to him and I said, what's your dad's name? And he said, Walter. 
I said, here, let me take the box. I'll, I'll help facilitate this. And I took the box and I, I addressed his dad and I said, Walter, hi, my name's Denny. Mark and I are doing a tour here tonight. And this is a, a rare opportunity for both you and him. Is there any sort of special message that you would like to give him? And I, I waited a few seconds and then he said, stay safe. And Mark started crying even more. And he's like, what's going on? Oh, it's like, what is this? And um, Mark's girlfriend walked up and she said, Mark's a fireman. So that's a, a very beautiful message for the spirit of his dad to pass on. Wow. And that's incredible. Yeah. Um, Mark ended up walking away and he crossed the street to go be by himself because he couldn't wow. take it. Yeah. And I continued talking with the spirit of his father. And I said, Walter, you'll have to forgive Mark. You know, he's, he wasn't expecting this. He's very emotional. And he said, I know. <laughs> I, uh, I started feeling his emotions there in that moment. And I started crying. Uh, I was just, it was such a beautiful and very pure moment. Um, totally unexpected. I mean, nobody saw that coming. <laughs> um, they were visiting from another state. And all I can think is because we're getting to that point in the year where the veil is thinning, yeah. more and more of this type of thing will probably start happening where loved ones will be looking for, you know, their father, mother, brother, sister, uncle, whatever. And reaching out to them to try and give them some sort of special message. Well, I do have a question for you. I know I said that I wasn't going to ask you a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. But since we are getting to Samhain, Day of the Dead, do you have any advice for people who get into the situation like Mark and they're unexpectedly facing a, a loved one speaking to them in some way? Yeah, I, as I've been dealing with with this type of thing more and more here, I, first of all, will say, you know, always err on the side of caution because you do not know who it is that's reaching out to you yeah. from the other side. I mean, you could have a trickster on your hands, you know, yeah. somebody who's tapping into your 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 energy and pulling things about you that you don't necessarily want them knowing. I always I always suggest to people, it's like, okay, if you're going to do any kind of divination like this, you know, you really need to set your set your attentions, ground yourself, and, you know, carry, carry some kind of crystals on you or something to make sure, you know, you're protected. I also suggest people look more into um, spirit guides and, you know, guardians and working with them because i've actually started incorporating this into what i do recently and it's been helping me out quite oh, yeah. a bit you know i i work regularly now with a spirit guy his name is martin and mm. you know i reach out to martin and find out if he's near me and then you know i'll say hey look this is what i'm doing i'm trying to help this person connect with you know their father for example and this is his name. Could you please help me usher him through the veil so he could speak to his son? Yeah. Yeah. It's been working for me. <laughs> yeah, that works for me as well. I have mm -hmm. several spirit guides and angels. 
mm-hmm. that I call upon. I have what I call a gatekeeper and okay. his name is Phoenix and mm-hmm. he is very protective and helps me with when I have to go to houses to cleanse them or just I'm getting into situations that's a little not too great for me. I always know Phoenix and I can call upon Phoenix to help me. Mm-hmm. I recently was introduced by psychic medium friend who told me that I had a new spirit guide and his name was Ty and he was a galactic spirit guide. So that was interesting. Okay. So I've been ha- I've been building a relationship with him, but I I definitely am somebody who says, yeah, if you are someone that is open to spirit guides and that sort of thing, that is a huge help in mm-hmm. anything that you're doing like this. Yes, yes, most most definitely. It's extremely helpful. Otherwise, you're grasping at straws. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's something that has been kind of a hairy situation that you've been in in your life with a paranormal? Oh, gosh. One that was actually pretty recent uh, was actually July 24th. I was on a public paranormal investigation um, in Hanover County, Virginia. We had uh, investigated the home of Patrick Henry, uh, Mm. which is called Scotchtown. And it would seem that I picked up a couple of spirit attachments um, (laughs) while I was there and brought them with me to the Old Stone Jail, which was another site that we went to later on in the evening. And we went inside the jail. I had never been in there before. And as soon as I walked in the building, I felt the energy and it's like, I just started shaking my head because it just gave me really bad vibes. Mm -hmm. And we walked up the staircase and um, we got to the top of the landing. And one of, um, one of the lead investigators who was leading our group said that the, the hallway um, right outside the sheriff's office was actually used as a hanging area whenever they had too much going on outside uh, Mm. at the gallows, they would hang people inside uh, in this hallway. And I just thought, oh my gosh, that's morbid. But once again, I picked up on the energy right here as well. And it was very, very heavy. We went inside, um, sat down in the sheriff's office and they, the group, they asked me to do um, what we call Estes method in paranormal investigation, where Basically, you take a spirit box, you plug a noise-canceling headset into it, you blindfold yourself, and then put that on, and then you have another investigator or the group of investigators who ask the spirits questions, and you call out what they say. Mm-hmm. Um, by depriving yourself of your senses, it, it gives you the opportunity to really focus and pull all those messages that are coming through the transmissions. Makes sense. Yeah, um, so here I am doing this, and probably two minutes into it, it it starts getting a little dark. Um, You know, I'm hearing things like pain, blood, murder, forgiveness, and I'm, I'm just picking up on the emotions of these different spirits, and then I physically felt somebody walk up to me Like I felt their energy just rush right at me. And as soon as I felt it, I started laughing and I couldn't explain it. I just started laughing. So I put my hand up in front of me, you know, and I thought to myself, 
Okay, I appreciate you making your presence known, but I need you to back away. This is a little too close for comfort. And whoever it was, they, they backed off. We got to the end of the session, and I took off the headset, and I was kind of comparing notes with the group. And the lead investigator said, why were you laughing like a maniac? And I said, I felt somebody come up on me. It was definitely a spirit, but who? I'm not sure exactly. And here we were talking, and all of a sudden, I felt that energy again. But this time, the blindfold was off, the headset was off. They ran right up to me, and I started laughing. But this time, it was worse. I mean, it was much worse. I ended up doubling over, like, just this deep, (laughs) bellowing laughter. And I couldn't talk. I was turning red in the face, and the group started flipping out. And Mm -hmm. um, one of the investigators said, Dude, do you not want us here? And all of a sudden, somebody else's voice escaped from my throat and said, Yes! And... I I got a hold of myself. I was still laughing. And I said, I don't know who you are or what you want, but you and I are leaving this jail right now. You're going to leave these people alone. And I walked out of there and outside where I proceeded to laugh for like probably another 30 minutes. Wow. And finally I felt good, went back inside and the um, group sent one of the investigators out to check on me. And he's like, are you okay? And I, here, here we are standing at the bottom of the steps. And I was like, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I have no idea w- what's going on here. He was like, something's getting to you, man. I don't know what it is, but something's getting to you. Mm-hmm. He's like, you want to go back upstairs? I said, yeah, let me try. I put my hand on the banister to the staircase. And I felt the energy waiting right at the top of the stairs. And I looked up and I could see the aura of a of a guy looking right down at me and i started laughing uncontrollable laughter you know just like before and the investigator was like no 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 no. let's get you outside get you outside you can't do this long story short we got outside and he and i were talking and the whole time we're talking i could feel this the spirit this entity looking at me from the jail and I'd look back at the window where I felt him looking at me and I started laughing and then I'd look away and I'd stop laughing. I look back, I'm laughing again and I could just feel his energy moving throughout the building. And um, finally we wrapped things up and I started crossing the street to go back to my car and the team was like, no, Danny, come, come back over here. <laughs> they said, you're, you're not yourself. And uh, I said, yeah, okay. Yeah. Fair point. Kind of worn out. My chest was hurting really bad. Uh, mm. There was like, I felt a lot of residual energy still. And yeah. they had somebody come up and um, clean my aura basically. And yeah. uh, as soon as she did that, I started laughing. And I said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. She's like, no, 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 no. I, I, I'm not done. And um, once she finished, I stopped laughing. Mm. And I, as soon as she finished, I felt the energy lift. And I watched it fly over the rooftop of the building we were at and go back across the street to the jail. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Um I don't know if we can call that possession, but it was pretty close. 
Yeah, yeah. I was talking to someone the other day that I was interviewing and he was talking about how there were three levels of mm -hmm. like a possession. And I can't remember the terms he used, but I wouldn't say that it was the level three, but it's somewhere between the level one and two. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, because I mean, whatever this was, it definitely it grabbed a hold of me and it, it did a number on me. <laughs> mm. And I just remember the whole time I was like, I was thinking in my head, oh my gosh, I don't have control of my own faculties here. Yeah. You know, I'm laughing like a murderous, you know, felon. And all these thoughts are running through my head, you know, and I'm just like, I could feel the rage behind this person. Wow. Yeah, it was scary. Your empath energy is off the charts. I mean, you're like a beacon of light, like a tasty treat to these spirits with that empath energy going on mm -hmm. yeah i've come to realize that very very quickly and you know even when i protect myself every once in a while they still find a way in yeah yeah mm. and that's why I've, I've been trying to be more firm with setting my boundaries you know it's like okay we're here, this is what I'm doing. We yeah. can talk, but once I leave, the office is closed for the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm an empath as well. And when I go into situations like that, I have all the crystals, the earrings, the necklaces in my pockets. You know, I've got, mm -hmm. I've got the sigils on the bottom of my shoes and I've taken a marker and I've done protection on my skin. Like I load up. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> and understandably. <laughs> Who is the most famous ghost you've ever met? Uh, so that one's up for debate. Okay. However, <laughs> um, there was one night where myself and some fellow tour guides got together after we had finished tours for the evening, and I had all my equipment with me. And they were like, oh, hey, you know, Let's go spelunking around and see who we bump into. And I was like, okay, spelunking. <laughs> we'll go with it. And we were at the the governor's palace in Williamsburg. And I recall we were sitting in front of, of the gate. In the front, Actually, right in the front of the gates. And we were getting some really interesting activity on our um, electromagnetic field detectors, or what we commonly call a K2 and we were interacting with what we believe to be uh, a young woman and she was from the 18th century um, very fascinated with lighting up the devices for us and i said oh let me pull up the spirit box and see if we can pick up her voice and i ended up getting a mail and he automatically said what do you want and hmm. i said hmm what do i want <laughs> i something something told me based off the sound of his voice to do like a little role play. So mm -hmm. I pretended to be a messenger with a secret dispatch for Thomas Jefferson. Yes, that Thomas Jefferson. Using my knowledge of history, Thomas Jefferson was the last colonial governor of Virginia before the capital moved uh, in 1780 from Williamsburg to Richmond. And I asked to give this dispatch to Governor Jefferson, and he said, hold on. And I said, did I just get told hold on by a spirit? Okay. <laughs> hold a moment, please. <laughs> yeah. And um, 
me and my tour guides are just kind of looking at one another and we start picking up on a conversation through the spirit box that sounds like this male spirit talking to another male spirit and i clearly um say i hear him say he wants to talk to you who me and he says (laughs) yes you and he backs away and this other guy comes forward and he says you're looking for me and i said are you thomas jefferson with bated breath by the way and he says yes i'm thomas and i went and i i swear to you i turned up the spirit box and i nearly had a heart attack (laughs) and my my dear friend nikki who's a fellow tour guide she looked at me and she said did you just hang up on thomas jefferson and i went oh wow And I turned the box on right away, but he was gone. <laughs> he said, forget you. <laughs> he said, I ain't dealing with that. <laughs> yeah. Probably just like, he's the rudest guy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Do you have any other stories for us tonight? So this one's rather spooky. Um, when mm-hmm. I was <laughs> a younger man, it feels like forever ago. Um, let's see, probably when I was... 19 so we're we're talking about 15 16 years ago but um i used to poke around in a old abandoned nursing home that was in my hometown and this nursing home shut down in 1977 and it was always known as the haunted nursing home you know even when i was a, a young kid i knew about this place Mm-hmm. And everybody went there. You know, forget the police trying to keep people out of the building. <laughs> it was just one of those sites. And I remember one night myself and two other friends went. And we poked around in there for maybe an hour taking photos. And, you know, we were hearing footsteps and things like that. And we went into the kitchen. Now, this kitchen, I mean, is is a spacious kitchen, but doesn't look exactly the way it did, uh, you know, back in the 70s. There, there was a lot of debris all over the place. The ceiling tiles were falling out. Um, there was this old oven in the middle of the room that had seen better days. And directly across from me, I remember there were these two windows um, that had glass broken out from them. And the moon was full and coming right through the windows. Mm. Here, my friends and I are. It's uh, it's summertime, so it's kind of humid outside. We're standing here looking around the kitchen. And after a few minutes, I start to see what looks like the shadows of what I can only describe as two little boys peeking through the windows at us and you know you could see them clearly the moon was illuminating them their hands were up over their eyebrows you know looking at us and i pointed this out to my two friends uh, charlie and mike and they said no way no 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 and i said is somebody (laughs) i said is somebody actually out there and my response was the laughter of what clearly sounded like two young boys and charlie and mike said okay we got our answer (laughs) um mike though he was more of a a skeptic than charlie and i were so he said all right look if somebody's out there messing with us 
we really need you to give us a sign and actually acknowledge your presence because th this isn't cool. Soon as he finished talking, I watched one of the, the shadows of these boys walk right in through the window and enter the mm -hmm. building. And I knew what I saw because I got verification when he stepped on the broken glass on the floor beneath the windowsill and it started crunching. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then the other shadow, I watched it quickly dart down the side of the building and he went to the other door and entered into the kitchen and ran all the way up to Mike, who was standing at the, the end of our line, I guess you could say. And he, Mike said, guys, uh, I'm getting really cold. <laughs> and Charlie and I looked at him and said, well, technically a spirit just ran in here. And he said, yeah, but it didn't have to hold my hand. And oh we, my gosh. We said, what? And he held his hand out. He said, touch my hand. Kid you not, his hand was significantly cold. I mean, we're probably talking 30 degrees. Chill, chilling. Wow. <laughs> About 10 seconds later, Mike and Charlie took off running and <laughs> left me standing there with these two shadowy uh, figures of these boys, and they were still laughing. And I said, okay, yeah, you know what, Danny? It's probably time to go. <laughs> We we left. Uh, we got got in the car. We took Mike home. Charlie and I went back to my house, and I remember him dropping me off. And I got out of the car, and I felt somebody get out with me. And mm. I I look real quick, and I see the shadow of what looks like a young boy run up to my house. Oh no! And Charlie looked at me, and he said, "You have fun with that. I'm going home." <laughs> oh no! Oh yes. <laughs> And how long did that shadow stay there with you? <laughs> for two, for two weeks. Wow. And it tortured me. I mean, it, oh I, I mean, typical mischievous little boy. He would yeah. knock on my bedroom window late at night. Um, <sighs> he would call my name, you know, and I, I get up, I open my bedroom window, look outside. There's nobody there. I hear mm -hmm. him calling to me outside in the hallway. I get up thinking, you know, maybe it's my brother because I was still living with my mom at this point. And I get out, look down the hall. Nope. I'd look in my brother's room. He was asleep. Mom's all the way at the other end of the house, not worried about her. There were a couple instances where I, 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 I was feeling like I was being watched. So I'd go outside, you know, do a walk around the property. I didn't see anyone, but I always felt like somebody was there. There was uh, an instance where I was at work and my mom called me to tell me that my pet rabbit had died under mysterious circumstances. And I said, what do you mean? She said, well, I was walking through the house to go take a shower. And right before I got to the bathroom, I saw what I can only think was the shadow of a person that went into your room. Wow. I disregarded it, thought nothing of it, went into the shower, and then I heard your rabbit screaming. Oh, no. Came back into your room real quick. The rabbit was dead. Yeah. And very next day... I was fast asleep. It was like six o'clock in the morning. I had this dream where I woke up in my bed to this probably eight, maybe nine-year-old boy pouring my dead rabbit's food all over my feet. And I was looking right at him and I was thinking, okay, this is more than a dream. So who are you 
and what are you doing with that rabbit food? And he, I mean, he just looked not normal. That's the best way I can put it. Um, his eyes were just like hollowed out. His clothes were old and raggedy. He looked like he was probably, if I had to guess, from maybe the 1950s or 60s. And his hair was very disheveled. He started laughing at the top of his lungs. And then I woke up. And when I woke up, the bag of rabbit food was actually levitating in midair over my bed, still pouring all over my feet. Oh my god. When I realized what was happening, it just, it stopped and dropped. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, took him back uh, that night because I knew where he came from. Yeah. And I brought some equipment with me, real basic stuff in those days. Um, not nearly as sophisticated as I am now. <laughs> and I just brought an audio recorder and a camera. And me, Charlie, and Michael, we went. And as soon as I got out of the car, I felt him get out. He mm. took off. And I, I even saw the shadow running up toward the building and then it was a split second later i heard what sounded like the laughter of two little boys laughing oh. and i slowly came up on the building and pinpointed that it was coming from behind these two very large shrubs and when i got back there there were these like misty vaporous kind of clouds they were white in color and they were just kind of floating back and forth circling around one another all the while i'm audibly hearing this laughter and i pulled out my recorder i turned it on and i said please stay here don't come back home with me <laughs> hopefully yeah. hopefully you found your buddy and you're happy now and went back to to listen to it later on the next day and of course we heard the laughter and everything but right at the tail end was thank you denny yeah. <sighs> when it starts harming your pets and uh -huh. harming the your people, it's gone too far. That's wow. Yeah, yeah, and that was exactly how I felt. Um, I just I set my intentions. I said, "Look, you don't belong here. You're going yeah. back. What you've done is uncalled for." Absolutely. Yeah. So he listened. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Still spooky, though. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. Remind the listeners how they can follow what you're doing online. Oh, gosh. I've turned into quite the um, paranormal entrepreneur here recently. <laughs> so I, I've got my podcast, of course, Hauntingly Yours, a podcast for the paranormal, where I share stories of haunting things all across the world. You can check that out at my link tree which will be l-i-n-k-t-r period e-e backslash hauntingly yours paranormal available on all major platforms um you can check us out on social media as well again hauntingly yours um also i've started up my own paranormal investigation team now uh we are called shadow walkers paranormal um you can find us on facebook and i've become quite the um professional ghost tour guide as well so if anybody's ever in williamsburg virginia and looking for a, a super duper spooky experience uh, check out the original ghost tour that's who i work for sounds great and if i ever get up there i would definitely be hunting you down <laughs> there you go <laughs> and if you ever come here 
I'll take you on your own special ghost tour uh, here in town, even if there's nothing open. <laughs> hey, sounds good. I, I will definitely have to take you up on that. South Carolina is on my list uh, yeah. at some point. Oh, so. gosh, there's so many things, so many things everywhere. I can only imagine. <laughs> yep. <laughs> there's a lot. I think you'd really enjoy a lot of the stuff going on here. Oh, I'm sure. Undoubtedly. <laughs> well, it has been awesome having you here to share your storytelling gifts with us again. So thank you. Oh, you're more than welcome. Thank you for having me back. It's been a pleasure. And y'all don't forget about our upcoming Green Wild Festival for Witches and Mystics. It's on November 13. Thank you for being here. I hope you have a blessed and wonderful Samhain. Take care and y'all be blessed. Thank you all for listening to Bell Book and Candle. You can follow Mella on Instagram and Facebook at Bell Book Candle SC. That's Bell, B-E-L-L-E. Or become a patron at patreon.com forward slash Bell Book Candle.